ventriloquist otherwise I would be using the the substitution syllables like no, I was it's a, well it's it's a it's an audio medium so yeah. you actually were doing great and your lips weren't moving at all <laughs> thanks thanks mm-hmm. uh, this is our bespoke goosebumps podcast featuring the work of R.L. Stein Andrew what books have we covered so far we did welcome to dead house we did stay out of the basement we did monster blood. We did Say Cheese and Die again because we had already done the original Say Cheese and Die some years ago. Yes. And now we're back. We're back. We're back. (laughs) Night of the Living Dummy, originally published in May 1993, was number seven in the original Goosebumps series. But in the 2008, 2008, I think, re-release, like the most recent re-release, it has been renumbered to number one to reflect the fact that apparently Slappy is considered the series' main antagonist, the scariest, spookiest thing that Jovial Bob Stein ever did was like this, I don't know, like a child's play ripoff dummy. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I don't... (laughs) I don't know why... I I looked in the back of this book. So okay, so rip off rip off sounds more judgmental than than I mean it. Yeah, it's just like I've seen evil dummy, evil toy media before. Yeah, I don't know and that I've consumed a lot of evil ventriloquist dummy media that isn't slappy adjacent though. There's a there's an old mystery science theater. Oh sure, movie from like the 1800s or something <laughs> about. <laughs> About an evil dummy named Hugo who likes ham. Okay. It's it's a whole thing. Sure. But it's I've, I've seen this before is what I'm saying. But no, Slappy the dummy appears. Okay. So he appears three times in the original Goosebumps yeah. series. Uh, again, in Night of the Living Dummy 2, Night of the Living Dummy 3. These books all have totally different kids. I, I, Slappy seems to make his way around primarily through pawn shops where yeah. he is picked up by parents whose children are just hungry for a ventriloquy and are looking to upgrade their kit. Did you notice that, and I think both of us are pulling uh, very uh, deeply from the Goosebumps wiki. Oh, it's a good wiki. It's, oh, um, it's a good wiki. Did you notice they did not make a Goosebumps TV episode of the book that we read? Mm-hmm. The 10th episode of the TV show was titled Night of the Living Dummy 2. Mm-hmm. They just did the second. <laughs> I guess they must have assumed that people were just like people were familiar enough with the books that they would they want to know which that, source what, which text. book was being adapted. I, yeah. I'm just looking at a screenshot of the front of a house with a green tree and the and the title of the episode that just says Night of the Living Dummy Two, and it's just so stupid because mm-hmm, they never mm-hmm. did the first one. Mm-hmm. Oh man. But yeah, he's appeared in more than just this series, though, Andrew. <sighs> he's all over the place. So here's here's his list of appearances from books. Yeah. Right? Is uh, Night of Living Dummy. Night of Living Dummy 2. Um, he has a cameo in Escape from the Carnival of Horrors, which is a Give Yourself Goosebumps title. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I assume, just went nuts to see. <laughs> oh, my God. He's here. <laughs> Uh, Night of the Living Dummy 3, uh, Bride of the Living Dummy, went, but now we're in uh, Goosebumps Series 2000, which Whoa. came out in 1998, <laughs> when 2000s still seemed like the future, I guess. Uh, Slappy's Nightmare, in which he is the protagonist. Instead I don't the like that. I don't. 
like that. Revenge of the Living Dummy, Dr. Maniac versus Robbie Schwartz. <laughs> Uh, he's in Sage, he has a cameo and Sage, he's in Die Screaming, uh, The Streets of Panic Park, Welcome to Horror Land, A Survival Guide, How to Draw Goosebumps, Slappy New Year, The Horror at Chiller House, Son of Slappy, Goosebumps Movie Novel, <laughs> which is what it's called, <laughs> Night of Living Monsters, Slappy's Revenge, Monsters Survival Guide, Goosebumps Activity Book. Uh, he's in a graphic novel called Slappy's Tales of Horror. Uh, slappy birthday to you attack of the jack in several of these he's the narrator which is wild well so that so slappy birthday to you is part of the goosebumps slappy world series mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is i i am slappy's evil twin uh i'm just gonna drill through the rest of these uh escape from shutter mansion the ghost of slappy goosebumps 2 haunted halloween movie novel slappy's return uh the dummy meets the mummy revenge of the invisible boy diary of a dummy they call me the Night Howler. My friend Slappy. Monster Blood is back. Fifth grade zombies. Judy and the Beast. <laughs> uh, Slappy in Dreamland. Haunting with the stars. Slappy Whoa. beware. And Night of the Squawker. Huh. And for yeah, so in many of these Slappy World books, he's the narrator. So you have he's adopted a crypt keeper role. It sounds like mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the Goosebumps universe, he's mm-hmm. here to tell you tales of scares and woe. I think. Um. But in <laughs> should we rip the in this should we rip the bandaid? Let me read the blurb. Slappy the dummy is barely in this book at all. <laughs> Let me read the blurb for this book. Mm-hmm. Lindy names the ventriloquist dummy she finds Slappy. Slappy is kind of ugly, but he's a lot of fun. Lindy's having a great time learning to make Slappy move and talk, but Chris is jealous of all the attention her sister is getting. It's no fair. Why does Lindy have all the luck? Chris decides to get a dummy of her own. We'll talk about that. She'll Mm -hmm. show Lindy. Then weird things begin to happen. Nasty things. Evil things. No way a dummy can be causing all the trouble, or is there? Now, if you knew about the character Slappy, like Uh I do... If I I were coming into this... Knowing that he had been in like 300 Goosebumps yes. books, including his own side series in which he is the narrator slash protagonist. Yes, yes. Now, I find uh, anthropologically, I find this book very fascinating as a reader, as like a, as a historical text. Yes, yes. As a as a reader who had never read it before, and coming at it in 2022 after the creation of the Slappy Verse, mm-hmm. um. I was expecting... Expecting a little more slappy, oh, huh? I was expecting to get slapped in this book. <laughs> and some evil dummy stuff does happen. Evil dummy stuff does happen, but Slappy is mostly a regular dummy who doesn't do anything evil that we know about. Yeah. In this book. In this book. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of... Yeah, I kind of a letdown for you, huh? A little bit. You weren't expecting Mr. Wood to carry so much of the <laughs> I just wasn't. There's also a big twist in the middle of this book that I was not prepared for either. Um Oh, you have to tell me which. Just yeah. Um so I had fun with this book. I also I, I listened to a lot of it on audiobook. Oh no! Which was who, who narrates it? Uh, I believe it is. I'm looking. It's it not up. Bob. No, it is. I think it is um, Carol Schneider. Yeah, Carol Schneider. She does a great job. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, does she like do voices? Yeah. Nice. She, you got to do the voices. She does a weird dummy voice. Mm-hmm. 
uh, that is just haunting. Um, and for the first like ten seconds of the book, there's creepy music in the background. <laughs> yes. it doesn't it doesn't continue, and there's no fully anywhere else in the recording. But it was a good time. This is incredible. Um, okay, so is there anything else we need to say before we just dive into what happens in this book? I feel I just like they're always such. Because we commented in the Dead House episode about how they changed the dates on those mm. uh, tombstones, remember, in the, yeah. in the re-release one? Yeah. There is a moment in Night of the Living Dummy 3 where in a re-release in 2015, it removes a reference to the game NBA Jam. What? And also removes a line about a kid wanting the new 32-bit system. <laughs> Oh my god! I just love <laughs> this. Stein was—he had his pulse. He had his finger, finger on, the, on pulse the pulse of the nation. Finger on the pulse. I mean, this was Nine Living Dummy Three came out in 1996. So yeah, 32 bit would have been the new hotness. You've been, you've been talking about the PlayStation, probably huh. or the Sega Saturn, maybe. Did you know that in France, Slappy is called Clack Clack? <laughs> That—that's great. I didn't know that, but that's great. Um. But in this book, so you get that stuff where they're like, oh, we can't talk about the game NBA Jam. Nobody will know what the book NBA Jam is about. And then in this book, there are sentences like after watching a video their mother had rented at the mall. Yeah. Which would be complete gobbledygook for anybody under the age of 35. Well, and, and that's that's a classic R.L. Stein Goosebumps moment, too, where like he kind of yada like, yadas some kid stuff. Where the kids have to do something where they're not being terrorized. So it's yes. like, oh, I got to do my piano lesson. I've got to go play with my dog that I named Barky for some reason. <laughs> I've got a junk jewelry con- collection. Yeah, I've got a video that my mother had rented at the mall. I think she yada yada. I think he yada yada is the, um, the scene at the mall where the concert, like the, the choral teacher, like invites Chris to host the concert with her mm-hmm. dummy. Mm-hmm. He's just like, yeah, pe- kids are out there doing They're just stuff. at the mall, just like hanging and playing hacky sack or something. <laughs> um, do you find ventriloquist dummies fill in the blank? Do you do you find them away? Do you have feelings about them? I don't. I don't. Are you a big Jeff th- Denham fan? <laughs> Listen, I was gonna say, I think the like the premier ventriloquist of our time is Jeff that Denham. guy. Yeah, yeah. And I find his dummies unpleasant to look at and i'm not like super familiar with his routine but i've got to assume that it's pretty racist given that he has like um yeah uh one with a turban or something let me make sure i'm not you're talking about uh, jeff dunham yeah i believe that there was i i don't know what the jokes are i just don't know uh he has one that's a skeleton but it's like a skeleton of a an arab ah i believe ah I'm sure he's addressed any sort of controversy that may have happened. Yeah, I'm sure. And he seems like a great, great stand-up guy. No, it's I don't have anything against ventriloquy in particular. It just seems like not a lot of people are doing it. And the ones who are doing it are Jeff Dunham. So. <laughs> I think as a kid, it was always that like elusive art form that would like be on an episode of Full House, right? Because of what's his name? Uncle Joey. And then you'd like maybe encounter it in another book or TV show or movie. I didn't know anybody who tried to do a... I didn't know anybody who had a ventriloquist dummy or was trying to do any sort of puppetry or anything. Now, in this book, 
Kids go, oh my God, wi- they, kids go wild for ventriloquy. The whole like kids community and parents, is into it. Somebody wants to like feature one of these girls on TV because she's so good at ventriloquy. It's unbelievable. She's writing her own jokes, at least. She's writing her own material. She does have her own material. It does yes. seem like Chris is trying to steal her routine from, quote, joke books. <laughs> from the library. <laughs> um, so, okay, let's do the, the setup here. And this is a new kid situation of mm-hmm. the books that we've read. Do you, what do you mean, kids? Like a new arrangement of kids? Yeah. A new like configuration yes. of kids? Yes. Okay. We've got a set of twin sisters. Mm-hmm. It's not long-suffering older yep. kid and sidekick younger kid. It's not kid and unrelated friend character. It's not new kid in town stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the like the setup for Chris and Lindy is Chris the one with the short hair and Lindy's the one with the long hair. It, it doesn't really matter in the plot of the. Book. It doesn't matter, but I think since Chris has a short name and Lindy has a long let's, name, we're yeah, going to say great. let's that makes it easier to remember, even if it's not factually true. <laughs> and if you're not reading along with us, um, Chris kind of becomes the main character. I wasn't sure how the book was going to go at first um, because it kind of felt pretty even. But mm-hmm. yeah, Chris becomes the main character, um, and a lot of it is that like. Every, Kind of a lot of like Marsha, 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 Lindy, Lindy, Lindy stuff. Like Lindy yeah. is a real pill, though. Also, uh-huh. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't care for Lindy. Lindy's not good, and we're going to get into it a little bit more when we discuss the parent ratings yeah. for this episode. Because I don't, I honestly did not. I gave a, I gave an attempted letter grade to the dad, but I don't know how to grade the mom. I don't because I don't. Lindy in particular seems impossible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um definitely the the evil the evil twin between the two and i can't remember a lot of stories until an evil oh. dummy comes to life lindy is the antagonist yes, of the book correct um i can't remember a lot of stories growing up that featured twins as the main characters like they're usually uh, sister sister oh good point okay sorry good point mm-hmm. good point good point one that's, the... that's twin erasure no no you're right you're right you're right that's like the one though right phil like, and lil phil and lil from Rugrats. Well, but see, I Chuck, not Chucky. Tommy's the main character. Like I feel like Phil and Lil are a good example of where twins usually show up. Okay, they're in the they're in the mix. They're in they're the mix. The, they're not centered. Yes. Um. And so yeah, thank you for like reminding me of sister sister. But Nickelodeon twins show twins. I feel like there was another non sister sister one that I'm, I'm thinking just trying about. to because like there's like aren't there twins on Doug? Somewhere there's like there's usually the, the sweet life of Zach and Cody. Oh, there's a, yeah, Zach and Cody. Okay, they are sure. twins. They must be fraternal twins, though. Yeah, this is okay. okay. This is good to think about because mm-hmm. I, I I made a statement that was somewhat incorrect, but it, in my memory, it was it was nice. I think to, I think you're right that well, I mean, uh, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, but they only played one twins. character though. Well, well but they but had they, a lot. They, no, but then they had a whole bunch of movies like New York Minute and all the. <laughs> Okay, no, I'm just stuff. wrong. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting to read a book. I think you are right that that is definitely a kind of twin archetype that you can run into. Yeah, but the, it's a very different. It's a very different thing for to have like twins as side characters, but then and then twins as main characters. Because when you get twins in, as main characters baked into the core of the show, is like they look the same, but they are different. Yes. 
And you get that in you get that in this book a you lot. Whereas do. where with like a Phil and Lil situation, it's like they look the same and in many ways they also are the same. They function like as interchangeable people. Yeah, they function <laughs> as a weird little Greek chorus or something. Um mm-hmm. but so yeah, so these two girls, they're competitive. They uh they they have a twin relationship, but it is f- frictious. It is mm-hmm. Fractious? fractious fractious it is tense um and they do that thing that all 90s kids do which is mm-hmm. instead of doing what their parents tell them to do they go play in a construction site <laughs> <They go. laughs> i mean it's right next door it's just the ne- the house next it was door. the 90s the clinton years and what else the were you go- gonna the do the go-go 90s yeah we're <laughs> do you ever play in so a construction this- site andrew i mm, in like a house that was being built I did, for sure. I, we did sneak on to the, in college, we snuck well, on to the yeah. site of the gym that they were building yes. a couple of times. Yes. But no, I don't think I really did any like baby's day out, like crawling around <laughs> on the girders. When, I think I, when I was in middle school, there was a big field be- behind the, the house of my best friend across the street at the time. Uh, and they they just decided to build a development there. And I, in classic... Uh, you know, twelve-year-old NIMBY mode. I was like, "No, you're ruining, <laughs> you're ruining this field that I like to run in." So, in the middle of the night, we're gonna sneak around in these houses and like take a couple one by fours, as if it's uh-huh. gonna s- s- delay the construction of it's these really homes. Really sticking it to them. They're gonna because they're gonna go in tomorrow and they're gonna be like, "All right, hand me my one by four. And it's like, "Well, we don't. We have one fewer than we yeah. thought we would. Yeah, and it just brings the whole project to a halt. Yeah." This is the silliest thing. One of the sillier things I've ever done. Anyway. It would do that now because of inflation. You well, know what I mean? <laughs> that's true. Those so hard those to get woods lumber. Are, those pieces of wood are gold now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so they're playing around in this house that's being built next door. Mm-hmm. And what do they find in a dumpster, Andrew? They find a dummy. Which dummy? Which a one? A ventriloquist dummy. They find Slappy. That Well, they find a dummy who Lindy names Slappy. I know. And I think it's interesting that he that slappy adopts this name for himself we to use throughout the rest of the yeah i don't know how that works the in the other books mm-hmm. because she calls him slappy mm-hmm. and within a like she's already amazing at it she's really she's a really good ventriloquist and i think <laughs> all this fiction where kids pick up a new hobby and get instantly good at it really made it harder for me to <laughs> be really bad at stuff for yeah. an extended period of time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't play. I can't play guitar. I can't play Very guitar good. either. Yeah. Yeah. Because I expected to get good at it right uh-huh. away. And then I didn't. And I got frustrated with not being good I liked at it. to learn slow riffs and never learn how to play chords. Mm-hmm. That was me playing the guitar. I like to learn how to play chords, but like not the hard ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, what? Lindy says that she had like a bunch of marionette puppets that like mm-hmm. got her good at puppets. But I guess she's also a natural ventriloquist and she's a comedian who writes her own jokes. Yeah, she writes her own material. Mm-hmm. So like within a week of having this dummy. She's bringing this dummy to school. She's getting kids all. She's getting sur- booked for parties. She's getting booked for parties. She's going to get paid $20. And then when she does the party, she does such a good job that they pay her $25 instead. Yeah. It's wild. wild. 
Wow. In in nineteen ninety money? In nineteen yeah, that's like <laughs> that's like three thousand dollars now. <laughs> but uh, <'Cause> inflation. <laughs> Chris makes uh is very upset at this mm-hmm. dummy. And yeah, the attention Chris just her thing is like collecting junky plastic beads. Yeah. And she's like, Well, dang, I kinda got the short end of the stick on having things. Uh-huh. And she's complaining about it. And her mom is just like, I can't with the two of you. You guys got to yeah. work it out. Mm-hmm. And her dad is like, I mean, you could share the dummy. Mm-hmm. And Lindy hits Chris with the dummy. At one, like Slappy did it. but Sla- Yeah, Slappy did it. But this is like canonically, this is before the magic words have been read. This is before the dummy can possibly have actually been alive. Well, we don't know this while we're reading the book for the first time like I did. What, but we know it. We know it now. We know it now. Yes. Yes, um, and, and so this then this all plays into Lindy being the antagonist until yeah. uh, an evil dummy shows so up I, and starts being more evil than Lindy. <laughs> well, and he's not quite an antagonist, but a real patsy. Uh, Lindy, uh, Chris is very upset by this whole situation. Her dad's like, "You could share it. That's clearly not going to work." Before her dad he's leaves, like, is this your is this your first day, <laughs> Dad? Like, how are these girls like 11 or 12 and you don't know that you need to treat them both exactly the same yep. 100% of the time now, or you're inviting catastrophe? To, to, you know, the world works, the world moves in mysterious ways. He walks by a pawn shop near his mm-hmm. office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Discovers a somewhat matching ventriloquist dummy in the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Buys it and brings it home to his daughter he like puts it in the house in such a way that we get an rl stein like cliffhanger like how is there another dummy? chapter mm-hmm. yeah and then he's like peace i gotta go <laughs> for a work trip have fun yes mm-hmm. this is this is mr and mrs powell yes are, are the parents names i think we should say parent ratings for the end but mr powell is a relative non-entity i mean he does bring the antagonist into the home yeah so that's like points against him, but he's not himself the antagonist, which makes him better than some other goosebumps. Correct. Parents. Correct. Um, he's mostly shown eating spaghetti and failing to help with dinner prep. Correct. And then also he's kind of a hench- henchman for mom when he is home. <laughs> yeah, there's one <laughs> odd parenting choice he makes at the end of the book that I'll want to talk about. I do like the part about uh, it's after the magic words happen where. He's like, hey, I'm back from Colorado or whatever. Can you do, why don't you do your act for the neighbors? Like, you're, you're, girls, you're like into doing this. Like, that felt like a cool, like a nice dad moment. Not necessarily a cool dad moment, but like a. It's certainly a thoughtful dad moment. Yes. Yes. Where the dad is trying to be helpful. And then, but I think you would be. <laughs> I mean, the girls do it. Yeah. And Lindy does seem good with her whole routine, and she does play to the audience that she has. She seems to know what her deal is. Yes. Now, this is all after. But I, like, I can't think of something more patronizing oh, than, yeah. like, come and, hey, you see, come do your cool dummy thing for the neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> so there is, before we get to that scene, there's like a series of what I have in my notes here is just odd things happen. For like the first half of the book, odd mm-hmm. things with Mister Wood, who is mm-hmm. the second dummy. 
Second dummy named after named after what he's made of. I assume that since Chris named him Mr. Wood, Chris also named the dog Barky because these are just awful. They're <laughs> He's terrible. Phoning it in. I really liked that scene where Chris is like trying to workshop stuff with that guy Cody, and Cody's like, "This isn't funny." Cody's like, "This sucks." <laughs> yeah, this routine blows. Work on your type five. More scenes with Cody, please. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Some odd things happen. The first one in the morning before dress-up day, Mr. Wood has wound up in all of Chris's clothes and wrinkled them mm-hmm. and is standing in the doorway in the morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the girls have a chair near their window and every night they put the dummies on the chair. Which is just the worst place for them. Like, you imagine their lifeless, horrible eyes just staring at you across the room all night. Un- no, thank just you. Just awful. The mm-hmm. the second one, they're hanging outside with some other kids. It's the weekend of the big party. And Lindy is trying to show Chris what to do. Mm-hmm. And so she takes over Mr. Wood. But what mm-hmm. happens, Andrew? I don't remember this one. This is when Mr. Wood first starts insulting people. And, oh, and okay. everyone's and like Lindy's like, I don't know what's happening. Mr. Wood mm-hmm. is being mean. He's just calling people stupid jerk. He's not even telling jokes. He's just calling people yeah. jerk. He's just calling people stupid jerk, which I think is probably the worst burn that given yeah. the reactions from Chris and from all the kids. I think this is probably the worst thing that you could call a kid in R.L. Stein's mind. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, this then. Chris gets invited to host the concert, even though no one's ever seen her do her act except it's Cody. It's sort of a, I feel like it's almost kind of a pity invite from yeah. a teacher who's like trying yeah. to make her feel a little bit better. Don't like but it. But you do have, but. yeah, these two sisters, like the Venus and Serena Williams of of <laughs> local ventriloquy doing these like competing, I competing remember, events. I can't remember which of the other kids, but at one point, one of the other kids in this book is like, you two are weird. Everyone's talking about it. Why mm-hmm. do you both have dummies? This is weird. This is weird. Yeah, this is the only kid who's telling the truth in the whole in the whole thing. Um, Lindy. Oh, there's a scene where randomly Mr. Wood is strangling Slappy, and it's kind of scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then this all like this this part of the book culminates with this thing where <sighs> Mr. Wood has gone into the kitchen and he's opened the fridge and he's just torn everything out and ruined a bunch of food and. Got mess all over the place. Got a mess all over the place. And Chris is like really scared because she thinks this dummy has come to life. And the reader thinks the dummy has come to life, too, because of the name of the book and the cover of the book. Yep. (laughs) And then after that night, if as a as a parent, I hated this. Oh, my God. Because you got to get up in the morning and like send your kids to school and like give them breakfast and stuff and all the food in the house is ruined like what are you what are you supposed to do with that she was so mad at them they cleaned it up because the dad's out of town and the mom's like i can't with these dummies uh i will i can't with these dummies and i also can't with these ventriloquists a dummies a and so the girls offer we'll clean it up if you don't take the dummies away even though Chris is still very scared and upset. So she puts the dummy in the closet and it starts saying, let me out. And she's very freaked out. And then Lindy is like, psych. It was all me. all It was a real psych moment. It was a big psych because you didn't, there are, you know, there, there are vaguely adversarial moments between, between like friends and siblings and other goosebumps books. I think that's, 
normal for siblings. I think if you if you look back to Welcome to Dead House or Stay Out of the Basement, you have times when the little brother character is being like annoying or yeah, not helpful yeah. or playing a very like a low when I say low stakes yes. practical joke, I mean they thought it up in two seconds and executed it in two seconds. Yep. And then immediately after the jump scare chapter break, the it's over. You yep. do not get half a book where one sister is like psychologically torturing. Like, Cindy is a Batman villain for the first half of this book. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just full on concocting scenarios to make Chris think that her dummy is alive and evil. Mm hmm and pranking her Mm -hmm. and then i found the confession really rushed and weird (laughs) like it was just like it was me and well and then it makes it that much harder for and and lindy doesn't really serve this role in the back half of the book when evil dummy stuff really is happening but it does make it the the rushness of the apology and how like deeply horrible the original pranks Mm -hmm. were makes it very hard to try and use lindy as like a like co-conspirator goosebumps kid yep. like us us against the adults who don't believe us correct thing and that does come back in like a tiny moment that that she's not like her and chris are not in lockstep it really like solidifies how much it's just chris's book but i just like i'm that was like it what is it? Chris says like I have to come up with a way to get her back and that never happens like no well because Chris is obviously a, you know, she's the dud twin <laughs> like she does, she's no good at ventriloquy <laughs> she can't write her own jokes she can't come up with good pranks like she, she's yeah the worst of the two twins and so then stuff happens this is not you know she's still playing with Mr. Wood and she finds a piece of paper in his shirt Andrew mm-hmm. would you it like to magic- read the magic words do you have them to hand i think i do uh karumari odana loma milanu carano <laughs> yes in night of the living dummy 2 boy i hope there aren't a lot of people listening like in their cars with their ventriloquist oh, no. dummies in the back sorry <laughs> we just woke them up it's like when he, it's like when you mention the name of amazon's virtual assistant on a <laughs> podcast and it messes everybody up uh it is possible that it means you and I are one now. In what? Unclear. In what language? <laughs> I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It could. It, it. Yeah. It's unclear what it means. It's just nonsense words. Um. That that is in the ghost of Slappy. Slappy claims he doesn't know what the words actually mean. He thinks they might translate to Slappy is awesome, which feels <laughs> disingenuous to me. But uh, why would Slappy be in the words? If Lindy named him Slappy, it's it's not. I no, it's not. So either way, this it's in a piece of paper. She reads it out loud. Maybe he blinked. Who knows? And then Dad's home. Dad's home. Dad's home. And he invites the elderly neighbors over to see the ventriloquist kids. Lindy gets applause. Lindy does an awesome routine. She's been workshopping her type five this whole time. She does incredible. They're losing their minds laughing and trying to invite her to, like, to, to play stadiums and all the, you know, all the stuff that everybody in town is doing for this girl with a ventriloquist dummy. Yeah. And then 
Chris this, gets up there. This is how you know the parents are bad. It's like they should have known Chris who to first. make the opener and who to, yeah. Like you make the worst kid go first. Listen, not we don't all have to be professional like event bookers to know that you put the weaker ventriloquist kid first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The kid who's basing her routine off of joke books from the library. Even if you don't, even if you aren't aware of her like joke stealing process, like you 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 know she's because you Dane bought the Cook dummy. Of ventriloquy she's stuff. the Dane Cook of ventriloquy, and Mister Wood is the Dane Cook of ventriloquist dummies. <laughs> um, I mean, you you just know that she's had the dummy for less time. You know, she's yeah, she's less skilled. So I don't know. Yeah, this this arrangement makes no sense to me. And just thinking as a the, from a scheduling perspective, yeah, from an artistic, from, from, an, from yes. a narrative perspective, I see why Jovial Bob did it this yeah. way. Um, this contrived scenario <laughs> where you're putting on your dummy routine for the neighbors, and it doesn't go great, actually, but not for no, the reasons you'd expect. Because <laughs> Mr. Wood says a bunch of like these insults kind of get into being actually horrible because they start talking about like the the physical. <laughs> Like oh. the age and the physical characteristics of of these old neighbor people. Don't laugh so hard. You might drop your false teeth. And how do mm-hmm. you get your teeth that disgusting shade of yellow? Does your bad breath do that? There's no rhythm to these jokes. No, they're and they're not jokes. like, no. They're, and even as insult comedy, they're pretty, like, they're not, I feel like they haven't been personalized very well to the, the audience. And but. he doesn't have a catchphrase. Like, he doesn't have a for me to poop on. You know what I mean? It's true. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have, like, he just kind of, maybe it's just because he's making it up. Like, he just came to life because she just said the phrase. Well, but he's been, it seems like he's probably been alive before. I don't know. I think the subsequent books developed the lore of the dummies a little bit more, but in this book, it's not really clear what's going on. But there is, like, a post-it with magic words on it in his pocket. So it seems like probably this isn't his first time around the block but no there's no he should really be starting with like sort of normal material and then stabbing the audience and twisting the knife yeah he doesn't more insults later on he doesn't have a real sense of showmanship no he's a shock jock (laughs) as we'll see in the next scene which they let her do the concert. I appreciate. They let her do the concert anyway, and just this whole time, Chris is like, "Yeah, well, I mean, this stuff is weird, and I actively hate this dummy and ventriloquy now, but I'm just gonna keep doing it because of my sister." Yeah, yeah, it's really it's motivated by jealousy of Lindy, which is by like her, probably her impotent appetite for revenge. Yeah, yeah, and so she gets on. She goes on stage to do the concert, and. The there's some real uh, fat phobic stuff about the. She makes some makes some fat jokes about the teacher who like invited her to do the concert in the first place. She doesn't make the jokes, but just some like observations from the narrative perspective that aren't great. Mister, yeah, Mister Wood is doing all this, and then just like stinky green stuff starts coming out of him. Yeah, it's very uh, the adventures of Food Boy or. The poltergeist, <laughs> just a lot of goop spraying good, good, out of good a person. That you listed those references in the order that that people would probably get them in. I just, lots of lots of people have watched the Adventures of Food Boy, 
an incredible movie about a boy who can produce food with his own body. <laughs> it's, it's a real is movie. Still on Netflix. I don't know. Maybe they're hemorrhaging money. Maybe they lost the license to Food Boy. Mm-hmm. Where do just go to decider.com and tell me where to stream The Adventures of Food Boy. Oh, is that a website? Isn't Decider. it? Isn't that what it's called? Know. It that's whenever I google how to stream a movie. Oh, no, no, this is this is just like Link Farm. Yeah, and it's not a real here. good website. No. Um, but um, yeah. Roku might have it. Amazon has it. Okay. TVguide.com, where to watch and stream the adventures of Food Boy. It, oh man, it looks like you do have to pay money for it now. Oh, it dang. used to be it used to be free on Netflix. Okay. I, then I don't know if I can recommend that you spend. Please go watch the, the Adventures of Food Boy, a 2008 comedy. If you find three to five dollars on the street, please spend it on watching. It's the honestly the most. It's honestly the most incredible thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but yeah, she's doing she's doing this routine. She's the the dummies insulting her teacher, and then the dummy starts spraying stinky goo all over the audience like a Gallagher show. And she can't stop it. <laughs> and the teacher's like, this is awful. I'm going to suspend you from school. I hope I can suspend you for life. That uh, has a different name. It's called expulsion. I thought the Look same it up. thing. Yeah. <laughs> they get home and the dad's like, on Monday, because this is Friday night. He's like, on Monday, I'm getting rid of this dummy. Mm-hmm. We, <laughs> no, it's the weekend and I can't be bothered to do it on my, on my Saturday. I, can I just say... Mm-hmm. I didn't really factor this into my parent grades at all. If I had an 11 to 12 year old daughter and she took a dummy on stage at school and it sprayed stinky green goop unendingly, mm-hmm. I would at least ask her how she did it. I would. At le- yeah, I would at least be not even like and uh, and the and the ki- and. Chris doesn't try at this point very hard to say, oh, it was the dummy. No. Or at least she does sort of kind of feebly try to protest this. But like she's already been shut down by her mom so many times when she's tried to insist that it was the dummy that both her parents are like, we don't. What do you. This is ridiculous. And I'm not I don't want to hear any more about this from you. It's really frustrating because like I guess the. The conflict with Lindy leading up to the fridge incident is what, you know, has somehow convinced Chris that she can't talk to her parents about how her evil dummy did this. <laughs> but, um, but so then that night, this these couple chapters, Andrew, I don't know how you felt about this extended dummy fight sequence. It goes on for a while. The thing about it that gets me though is that mr wood well I mean, for, for one that the, he's up and walking around wait, these dummies, well they're up and walking around these dummies they're only the thing they want to do is to make the people who like made summoned them who made them alive their slaves that's the word that yeah the dummies use over and over again but they do appear to have the physical strength of a wooden dummy like yes. they don't seem to have at least in this any magic other than just being alive and spitting green goop and it does and, and it but even the like the green goop power isn't used in this dummy fight at all it's just no. like this dummy letting a 12 year old kick its butt because 
It's a human 12-year-old versus a wooden dummy. He keeps yelling as the fight goes on and they try to get rid of him later. I have powers, but like... he well, Yeah, come on. Was it, show, show me, you know? Pixar didn't happen. <laughs> and so he's like fighting this girl on the stairs. Lindy does show up and, you know, they see and she sees this happen. She calls for the parents. The parents come out and... Worst thing you could do, Mis- Lindy. Yeah. Mr. Wood does a real uh, Michigan J. Frog. And just Michigan J. Frog. Is this why you brought up Michigan no. J. Frog to your wife the other day? No. And she didn't know who, who he was? I don't remember why we were talking about Michigan J. Frog. <laughs> but it was, it was, she knows who the frog is. She just didn't know his <laughs> she name. She just didn't know the name Michigan J. Frog. And she, did not, she was not familiar with the origin cartoon where he refuses to perform for anybody but the one man. She mm-hmm. just knew him as the mascot of the WWWB, <laughs> which you know that's fine. We don't mm-hmm. have, we don't all have to be as familiar with Michigan J Frog as I am, but um, but so then the parents there's like a page where the parents are like, is our kid like losing it? Yeah, where the where they're a little tiny bit worried, but mostly in like a. It's still uh, treated as a well. We'll just we'll kick this to Monday and circle yes. back to yeah. sort of thing. It's not a. It's not. This is a thing that we immediately have to do right now. Like this kid just got suspended from school, suspended forever, and now she's on the stairs fighting a dummy. And her sister goes, "I saw it happen. I think. Thanks, Lindy. Lindy, you no." What a piece of work Lindy is. And so I, do, I do not like her at all. They sh- what what they shove him in the closet and then oh no, then the, the parents just go away cuz they the, already the parents go the back to bed. Out. They shove the dummy in the closet, which is a thing that they've already done several times yep. and is yep. clearly the closet clearly does not have any kind of restraining properties nope. that these dummies it doesn't can't have a deal lock. with. It doesn't have a lock, no. they say. Mm-hmm. He gets back out, they fight him for for like 5 more minutes. Lindy's involved. And then they like toss him out into the street where a steamroller. Wait, no, which no for that's so- okay. First they, and this is why I'm, this is why I'm slowing this down because okay. they go through a sequence where they put him in a suitcase and bury him in the dirt. Oh, sure. Okay. And at this point they have a shovel and they have not just crushed him with it. Well, like, they tried to cut him with scissors, but it wouldn't. It didn't work. <laughs> it's true. They do try to cut his head off with scissors. They but have not used fire on the wooden dummy. They haven't used fire on the wooden dummy. I think the scissors thing didn't work just because you can't cut it's not the right tool scissors. for the job. Like I think you need like a serrated yeah. tool to really cut through wood, I think. But they bury him with the shovel and the suitcase, and then he's in the kitchen the next day in the morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The mom is very mad. Mm-hmm. And the, she's mad if the dummy isn't there. She's mad if the dummy is there. True. She's just just mad all the time and at the these dad, horrible girls. The dad comes downstairs and he's like, "All right, mom, you ready to go?" And I was like, "What's happening?" And he's like, "Yeah, we're going to the garden store." What? We're gonna go shopping at the at the deep. We're going to the Home Depot. Yeah, we're going to the deep. <laughs> Your kids, I, listen, listen, are fighting the- a dummy. All the crises that their kids are facing and causing, they will all wait till Monday. Oh my God. This is the weekend. This is my time, Mr. Fowles. This is the weekend. Says. I'm going to put my feet up and drink a beer mm-hmm. after I get home from the deep. 
and so the girls fight the dummy for some more time. He calls them th- his slaves, and he tries to kill their dog. And then that's they- the closest to because uh, again, a dog is the only sort of organism in the house, and this dog is not around no. unless it needs to be for story purposes. Yep. But a, a smallish dog is the only thing in this house that a wooden dummy could physically overpower. Yes, he does like get in some good punches on Chris. But he can't, he's not actually a match for her. No, because he's a small wooden dummy. Yeah. So he... With powers that he won't use. <laughs> so the, they get him out in the yard somehow, and then there are these two giant steamrollers that are steamrolling the neighbor's Something yard. for, it's, like, <laughs> the house? Are they... I don't understand it. I don't. Because you have to... If you're building a new house, you're going to put a basement in it. You can't just steamroll dirt into the foundation... I mean, the the house has been like the frame of the house is up already. Yeah, like, okay. that's been established in the in the early. Is this part the, of the driveway? So, yeah, like I guess if they're doing the driveway asphalt, or if they are trying to like roll over the yard to flatten it, you could maybe have a steamroller there. But I I think it's more like any construction site can have every <laughs> yeah, possible construction vehicle at it. This could be a grand designs house. We haven't really been privy to what they're <laughs> trying, trying to make to it out of, make it out of like old mud. Um, and so we get a real like, Oh my God, I killed a kid moment when the steamroller driver crushes <laughs> Mr. Wood. Crushes a small wooden dummy that looks like a kid and this green like fart. gas comes streaming out of the dummy the moment where the guy goes oh my god a kid like i got me like that guy is messed up for the rest Mm -hmm. of the day if not the year Mm -hmm. and the girls are happy about it and then they go back to the house and And hey on the here on here on the last page it's slappy the antagonist of the entire goosebumps series here to say I also am alive. The as, end. As she leaned over the chair to grab the window frame, Slappy reached up and grabbed her arm. Hey, slave, is that other guy gone? The dummy asked in a throaty growl. I thought he'd never leave. End of book. And then in Night of the Living Dummy 2, he's just back in another pawn, pawn shop. Yeah. I don't... A very, that's a very, like, welcome to Dead House sort of thing where, remember when the family just, like... Just didn't went, warn this other family and they just peeled off yep. into the sunset to let there's a very sort of individualist, like libertarian yes. viewpoint. It's your it's fault like, well, if the dummy's yeah. coming at you. It's just natural selection if you don't know how to survive a dummy attack. <laughs> I like I had a lot of fun with this book. I did find it weird that it's Slappy, the, the main antagonist of, of the yeah. series, was not the main antagonist of this book. It's the of the ones we've read so far. It's the one that did it not work for you. Well, it's not that it doesn't even. It's not even that it doesn't work. It's just like it hangs together so weird. Yeah, yeah. And and maybe part of that is knowing that oh, this is the origin of Slappy the Dummy, (laughs) this titan of the of the Goosebumps franchise. (laughs) And he's barely in it. He's not the main villain. He doesn't even do anything particularly evil. This side kid who should be the the protagonist is actually the villain. Yeah, that and that was the twist I mentioned earlier. Is like the fridge incident twist to me was like I was waiting for the and this this happens with a lot of these Goosebumps books where like 
he does a lot of early scares that are not supernatural. Early fake outs. Yeah. And like I w- I knew that that was happening, but like by the time we got to the fridge, he got me cuz I thought okay, this one's real. Yeah, well there there'd been like three or four like yep. major yep, possibly dummy caused pranks at this point. But it, and then I was just kind of mad that the dummy came to life so late in the book. I wasn't even. I was just still mad at Lindy. Yeah, I was I'm mad really at Lindy the whole time. Mad at Lindy. Everyone knows it's Lindy. <laughs> um, did you check out the fright gallery, Andrew? For, uh, for, for are we talking about here? the the splat stats? So the fright. Ga- yes, that's what leads to the splat stats. So the fright gallery has these other details, and this is some of the the origins of Slappy that have been revealed in the later books. In the late 1800s, <laughs> an ancient sorcerer built two dummies from the wood of a stolen coffin. The wood was cursed, very cursed. Many years later, one of the wicked dummies, Mister Wood, was finally defeated, but it only made the other dummy twice as wicked and a thousand times ruder. The that other dummy was Slappy. It's interesting that Slappy only has the one relative because on his fandom Wikipedia page, he definitely does have like another brother and a sister and oh, no. some other like <laughs> no. Um, and in later books, it is implied that he can control people's minds and turn them into puppets, maybe. Okay, that would that would be more interesting than what's in this book, which is like I can spit goo sometimes. Otherwise, I have the the strength and agility of a of a small wooden doll. Yeah, Mister Wood is a mini boss. Slappy's the big bad. It's yeah, we don't get splat stats for Mister Wood in here, so it's possible that he just like strength is his dump stat, maybe, and that's why a twelve year old can overpower him. Point I had for I hadn't really considered that these were Slappy's splat stats and not Mister Wood. Not Mister Woods, and I guess you would expect sort of Pokemon like that creatures of the same species would have like, similar yeah stats similar to each stat other distribution, but it depends on like the you know the 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 individual values and the effort values and it's just how you train the the dummy yeah can have a big effect on its actual stats which is is really important to know for competitive play that's interesting (laughs) maybe slappy is stronger because lindy is a better ventriloquist Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like she knows about effort value yeah and chris Mm -hmm. is like me i don't really know what that is yeah no she knows how to like you gotta kill zubats to Get more speed. So Slappy's splat stats, six, this is, these are all out of ten. Six in strength, eight, nine in intelligence. Nine in me. intelligence. Pretty uh, smart. Six speed, six in attack skills. Now, how is this different from strength, do we think? Is this more of a attack skills is maybe more of a dexterity? We've talked about this before. I'm a little confused on how to reconcile the difference between speed and attack skills. Because, yeah, dexterity... Speed is just speed. Speed if, is how fast you go. Sure. Oh, yeah. Attack skills is how how good you are at it's physically your hurting somebody when you do catch up with yeah, them. Yeah, sure. Um, and then humor, 10. ten. He's so funny. Funny, funny dummy. Now, funny in dummy. this book, I have no idea how funny Slappy is. No. Because... Mr. Wood is not particularly funny. No. And he's a 9 out of 10 on evil. Which I think does leave room for him to occasionally be the protagonist or the narrator of future Goosebumps books. It's like he's evil. He's really evil, but it's not the only thing about him. Yeah. That's he's true. He's funnier than he is evil. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I did appreciate this section in this book about how to be a ventriloquist, a dummy's guide to ventriloquism, which, as I learned from Wikipedia, used to be called uh, 
like gastromancy. Wait, isn't that eating a lot? I I don't. That's I don't know. It's, <laughs> okay. It's, there's the whole thing on in the ventriloquism Wikipedia page about uh, the Greeks using ventriloquism as a religious practice, and I don't. I don't know. Citation needed in IMO, but okay. They they didn't have dummies. That didn't start until like the seventeen hundred or eighteen hundreds. In the same way, you imagine inventing the first dummy. Oh my god! This is a small wooden man, and I'm gonna <laughs> trick you into thinking that he's alive for purposes of comedy. No, thank you. Let's rate these parents before we get out of here, Andrew. What do Jeez. you think about the Powells? So, Mister Powell. I don't like I'm tempted to give him a D plus, but it's not like a That seems a little mean. D plus because of malice. I think it's a D plus because of like incompetence. <laughs> I mean he did introduce the evil dummy to the did world. He introduced the evil dummy, does keep putting things off to tomorrow, what he could do today, like with, with making sure that his daughter sure. was okay. Um, yeah, but like he's mostly a non-entity, so I I think we've given out an incomplete before. I'm not prepared to do that again, but I could see talking him up to like a gentleman's C minus. Yeah, I would give him a C minus. So um, well, well, okay. So to so D is still passing. I would point out to give yeah. him a C. I will need you to give me one positive thing that he doesn't. Okay, work. so I'll give you two half positives, which will equal a positive. Okay, that's how it works. So we yes, did he introduce <laughs> an evil magic dummy to the house? Yes, but he did it because he was communicating with his daughter and realized that she was upset. Okay, yeah, right? no, that's that's right. He he does try to write a sense of of friction between the two sisters by getting her a thing that. I mean, how could he, how could either of the parents have anticipated that they would find a dummy in the trash (laughs) and then they would suddenly need to find a second dummy? Yeah, that's true. And then the Mm. other half good thing is I hear you on the patronizing element of, hey, kids, come perform for the neighbors. But twofold there, I do like that they invite over the elderly neighbors. They're friendly with them. They're not, it's not like, uh, I, I in another story these might have been grandparents that were in town or something. Mm-hmm. I kind of mm-hmm. liked that it was just like, hey, the neighbors we're we're having the the nice older neighbors over. It's probably too mean if they're grandparents. Yes, the stakes would have been too high um, yeah. for that scene. And I the, think it, the, the the scene works because Lindy and Chris especially, but I think probably the parents a little bit too. Yeah, <laughs> just find them pleasant but boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think as you and I were uh, the uh, we were the audience at our friend's kids' magic sh- performance recently, and we were very charmed by it. We were charmed and amazed. And I think, and not that this came close to that. This was very different. But the impulse to say, "Hey, my kids are into something. If they want to show it off, I will empower them." I think he he probably yeah. should have let them off the hook when Lindy was like, "No, I'd like to just rehearse on my own." He should also have insisted on he a preview of the routine. Yeah. Yes, that's actually a good <laughs> note, and that he should have. Yes, he should have been hands on with them in prep. I think. Okay. Okay. But, yeah. No, I can. It's okay. Yeah. See, I can do a C minus. But I'm with you for Mr. Powell. What you said earlier. I don't know what to do with the mom. I don't know. So on the one hand, 
she does seem to have virtually zero patience with her twin daughters and is yes. telling them constantly throughout the entire book not to bring their problems to her <laughs> instead of like dealing with them and trying to do anything about and them. The, and the book is structured, and I think it's trying to tell us that they have been doing this type of behavior for long enough. This is their dynamic. Yes. Now, she deserves some blame for that. So. She, and yes, sure. A little bit. Parenting's hard. And, you know. and I think, I mean, listen, I'm not a twin, but I have consumed several of the twin medias that yeah. we mentioned at the top of the show when you wrongly insisted that there twins was. were never the <laughs> <You're right protagonists laughs> I'll own that one. <laughs> but I think, like, she, her, the first thing we see about Mrs. Powell is like her making fun of them when they ask if they can have separate rooms. Yeah. I know that, you know, in the nineties, I don't think there was a housing crisis the way that there is now because of inflation. Um, but I do think you have to know that with twins, it's important that you give them room to be their own people. Yeah. Yeah. And that includes giving them their own space. Like 12 is, is pretty old to be sharing a room. And, And that's not to say that it's, wrong when it happens or it's not to say that it's like bad parenting when it happens I, people live in the spaces they live in and they make do how they make do and that's it's just like a neutral thing it's completely fine but in the world of goosebumps where everybody is sort of vaguely upper middle class yeah. it does seem pretty old for the girls to be sharing well room and, and it's it, or at the very least it is it is brushed off so callously yeah, that, she says they're going to get their own room on the first of never. On the first of basically. never, which yeah. like, okay, maybe you should have the ventriloquist dummy mom tell some yeah. jokes. <laughs> um, and I, but, I, and, but like on the other hand, yeah, on the other hand, Mrs. Powell, like her husband does seem to be gone a lot. Like he is, he travels for work. He travels for work, but also seems to set his own schedule a little bit. Like, <laughs> yeah. so the, his, I think Chris needs to remind him not to schedule a business trip when she is going to do the concert because yeah. she wants him to be there. Yeah. And so there's a little bit of nineties dad. Yes. Robin Williams and hook workaholic uh-huh. stuff going on. Correct. Like she, she does seem to be kind of at the end of her rope without a ton of parenting assistance because both twins are annoying and Lindy is actively evil. Lindy is the Joker. Lindy is the Joker. And so yeah, could, w- would I be frustrated with these kids? Yeah, if this had been my life for twelve years, <laughs> absolutely I would be. And then to come downstairs and for the entire fridge to be ruined—the entire fridge, orange juice, milk, fruit, all the produce is ruined. Yeah, I guess That's a lot I'm, of money. Guess what I'm most upset about with. With her and with the dad, with them as a unit, is that scene at the top of the stairs where their daughter is claiming to be fighting a dummy. At like two in the morning. At two in the morning after she after the dummy sprayed stinky gack all over everyone after insulting a teacher. Mm-hmm. And also dunked on the neighbors and dunked on the neighbors in a way that is probably going to be hard for mom and dad to paper over you know what else <laughs> relationship you know how, where else you could dunk is nba jam <laughs> well we don't we don't talk about nba jam <laughs> or any of the 32-bit systems that it might run on but i that like the moment where 
they almost recognize this for like the crisis that it is and turn away from it just bummed me out like i know that it has to happen for the book to happen it's not as bad as like the the mean dead house dad oh god but it is a sort of a a a, it, it is a classic goosebumps parent not believing the kid moment but it comes at such a it comes so close to the end of the book yeah that it's harder. I think it, it reads a little more neglectful than it does when it happens earlier. I was, book. I don't know. I, the Mr. Wood by that point, I thought actually had other powers. And so when Lindy went off to go get them, I was waiting for like her to come back and be like, the parents are dummies now. Like I was expecting something more dead housey to happen. Well, and Lindy could, Lindy, if she weren't evil, could at least have been like, yeah, I saw it. It yeah, happened. It happened. Um, also, I'm just kind of, this is not the parents' fault. Maybe they should get points for not having just, like, kerosene around. But that dummy should have been lit on fire instantly. And I'm mad that the kids didn't do it. Yeah, I mean, one of the, one of Slappy's weaknesses, I think, and at least this was true on the Goosebumps wiki. wiki. Um, termites, I think, is something. So it does, like, (laughs) Slappy is susceptible to the things that have a deleterious effect on wood sure yeah he's wood type like fire and termites so what do you want to give mrs powell i don't know what i don't know i don't know i mean is it how much blame do we lay at the parents feet for having raised a sociopath monster like lindy i don't know that's yeah that's a whole can of worms i'm not prepared to weigh in on like it's it's hard for me to give her a passing with like a, I, I don't know that I want to give her an F because she's not like, she's not the antagonist like in stay out of the base. I, I feel comfortable in your, wherever in the D range you want to give her. Like we, we've get so we gave the dead house parents an F minus cause they don't believe their kids. Dad like yeah. makes fun of the daughter's fears. Okay. Yeah. Um, and stay out of the basement. We gave plant dad and real dad, both F minuses for slightly <laughs> different reasons. <laughs> Um, and then I don't think we've given out a failing grade since then. The monster blood parents, we gave the dad an incomplete, we yeah. gave the mom a B minus say cheese and die again. Parents, we gave Mr. Mrs. Banks an A minus. We gave Mr. Banks a B plus just because he drove the car too fast. That one time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like, I mean, maybe a D D or D minus. Yeah. Cause she's not actively mm, it's hard it's hard like it's she she seems like she's got a lot going on well and now you've made me feel bad about putting mr powell above her so maybe they should both just get d pluses maybe you should just like average out to like a d d plus for both of them yeah yeah okay all right i'm glad that we really worked this through this is how grading works right it is well i mean especially if you're grading on a curve you know it's 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 (laughs) helpful to talk about what you've given the other parents to make sure you're being consistent. Yeah, like this true. is why this is why performance reviews are supposed to have like sort of a structured set of questions. Like, you know, and you're this, supposed this to keep them and, you know, reference them later and yeah, know, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's important to make sure that we're being consistent across all parents from all Goosebumps universes. I just looked over at my notes here and I just have in big bold letters. What does the dummy want? It wants them to be slaves. 
Okay. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. It just wants like the girls to bring him drinks. The first thing he says when she's like trying to get a, an explanation from him in the house, he's like, "This is my house now." Like, what is it? Do you have the deed? Would this stand up in court? Are you setting? Why are you Mr. setting your sights so Wood, low? Yeah, they don't even why have not, a second like, bedroom me- for their twins. Why not take me to your human president? Why? Why start with like, oh, this is my house now. This is my sandwich. Maybe we need to read more Night of the Living Dummy books <laughs> so that we really get a full dose of what Slappy is capable of. I am. You know? I'm feeling pretty Slappy curious right now. Mm-hmm. We'll dis- slappy we'll, happy. We'll discuss. We'll discuss. Um, yeah. Thanks for being a dummy with me, Andrew. Oh, always. <laughs> um, if- thanks for not spitting green goop, green stinky goop at me like you always do. Yeah, this time. Every time we record. This time. It, we, it gets edited out in post, but during live shows especially, it's really unpleasant. I just can't stop myself. Mm-hmm. I just love the food boy so much. Um, <laughs> send us an email about your experiences with ventriloquy. And uh, the adventures of food boy. If you go watch the... Adventures of Food Boy, you have to tell us. You're legally bound to tell us. Nerds entrapment. Um, <laughs> we promise we're not cops. Well, what's the next Goosebumps book? I'm going to be bringing them in September. believe or... the next one is The Haunted Mask. Excited about this one. I don't I, remember the this. one. The one that I'm the most excited for is Night and Terror. I know Tower, you are. Which I remember as being genuinely great. Great. But The Haunted Mask is another silly yeah it's just it's gonna be fun okay. i think mm-hmm. i can't wait andrew yeah. as we say at the end of every episode of goosebumps slap slappy wait karu mario donaloma milanu carano there it is <laughs> i just put all your dummies back to sleep thanks after i woke them up earlier <laughs> Everybody, welcome to Goosebumps, a podcast from Overdue. My name is Craig. Yeah, I'm Andrew. I'm scared. I'm a scaredy cat. I'm not in control of my voice here on this bespoke podcast about Goosebumps by R.L. Stein because my face isn't my own anymore. Yeah, I was going to say we're on the video call and I noticed that you have like a sort of green bulging skin and i can like see your skull in spots and you have like yellow eyes and that's not how i remember you looking i'm glad i'm glad you noticed my new look but i really wish that i could take it off it's starting (laughs) to scare me Mm, yeah welcome to our podcast where we talk i was gonna say you talked yourself into a cul-de-sac there huh i can't get it off (laughs) uh this will this bit will become apparent relevant to you as you listen to this it's episode like you. you're gonna become a parent hey hey good we haven't talked about that on goosebumps yeah, in any explicit way <laughs> well, we, and we have two distinct audiences for our regular show and for goosebumps <laughs> well just point. just to say that you know we've been 
okay, so this is the podcast where we go through a few books of R.L. Stein's Goosebumps. We've done four. Goosebumps. Yeah. Goosebumps <laughs> is the me. books. Goosebumps we, is our thing. This is We are the Goosebumps. Episode six, I think, The Haunted Mask. Is that yeah, true probably. for us? That sounds about right. Um, if you and, don't count the original Say Cheese and Die. Yes, correct. Which um, was a proto, proto zero. Goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and along the way, we've been remarking on the 90s kids of it all, and we've been uh, grading the parents on their performance. I don't think we've had much cause to in- interrogate your feelings as a parent, Andrew, because your son is much younger than any of the kids in these books. Yeah, right. He's not like walking around school, staring his friends in his like baggy t-shirt and jeans <laughs> combo. <laughs> Which is what um, every male child in the Goosebumps universe wears. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, you know, I don't, ha- I don't bring my uh, pending parental feelings to these reads just yet. Um, but you're the Goosebumps expert on this pod, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Do you remember mm-hmm. where you were when you first read The Haunted Mask? I don't, <laughs> I don't remember where I was. I do have like a very distinct memory of the opening scene where they're talking about how the macaroni is rubber and then she eats a worm yeah i remember that very clearly in a way that i have not had intense like sense memories of the other goosebumps okay we've read so far so i don't know i don't know why i think it was that i thought eating a worm would be gross (sighs) anybody ever try to tell you you ate a ate a bug when you didn't i mean we all eat bugs yeah that's true there's the, the snapple uh, lids have told us that just going just going through life you're gonna eat some bugs whether you're like anthony bourdaining it and eating bugs on purpose <laughs> or if you're just eating bugs by accident in the way that most of us do yeah in high school my friend told a buddy that he, he, there were ants in his uh dairy queen frosty and i think he believed him <laughs> well was, those guys get everywhere yeah it's true um so we we're talking about the 11th book in the Goosebumps series of the original mm-hmm. run, Andrew, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, published in 1993. The book is called The Haunted Mask. The Haunted Mask. Even though it is really only a haunted mask. Yes. There are several other haunted masks I in will, the book. Let me read the, the, the blurb for everyone in case they're not reading along with us, right? Mm-hmm. Face to face with a nightmare. How ugly is Carly Beth's Halloween mask? It's... How ugly is it? It's so ugly that it almost scared her little brother to death. So terrifying that even her friends are totally freaked out by it. It's the best Halloween mask ever. It's everything Carly Beth hoped it would be and more. Maybe too much more because Halloween is almost over and Carly Beth is still wearing that special mask. <gasps> Ooh. So yeah, this is a, that was kind of one of those trailers that tells you most of the book. So... <laughs> most of the movie yeah i don't think i i'm just reading some of the stuff some of the you know little apocrypha things that the goosebumps.fandom.com yeah sure site has Uh uh-huh and i don't think i had the 1995 reprint version that had a cardboard cutout mask inside the cover but i can't swear that i didn't oh It it looks familiar to me okay okay um I bet you and I we both read whatever the uh like ebook uh 
like classic Goosebumps. Yeah, in the classic Goosebumps, uh, like the late 2000s re-release series, it is number, uh, what, number four? Okay. Uh, Uh, Just moving around the the ones that had the most, like, I don't know, the the, the most uh, recognition, the most cachet to the beginning of the series. Just like Night of the Living Dummy is number one, (laughs) even though Slappy's barely in it. Yeah, well... Um, I also listened to the audiobook. Uh, it was narrated by Georgina Marie. She did a great job of making the kids sound young, Ooh. in particular, like especially when the mask is scaring the boys and they just sound like little peanuts boys, even though they're like ten. <laughs> she did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know anything about the sequels, Andrew. Do you remember reading the sequels to this book? I read- I swear I read the second one. I don't remember anything about it, except I'm pretty sure it's a different kid. It's um, Steve. He, it's Steve, sure. Um, I know that the in a later Goosebumps run, like not the original run, but uh, one of the, I think, uh, either Horrorland or Slappy World or something. <laughs> I don't remember which the- <laughs> But I think it's Goosebumps Horror Land. They do. R.L. Stein does a third Haunted Mask book that is a return to Carly Beth, the protagonist of this book. Oh. And I don't know how often that happens. I don't know how loyal R.L. Stein is to his like specific, mostly interchangeable kid characters. Yeah. But I guess Carly Beth does leave a stronger she has a real imprint on you than like the kids from like dead house or, yeah. or even stay out of the basement or yeah. something yep 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 i would say like um as we move further into this series like carly beth and i guess some of the of chris as a character in night of the living dummy like largely defined by her sister was chris the horrible one or is the other one the no i think one? i thought chris was the main character okay i don't remember i don't remember <laughs> i forget <laughs> Wait, i keep i keep track of the kid name kiss chris and lindy yeah chris was I don't the main which character one is which lindy but sucked. I know they're called yeah yeah um but so uh okay this is about carly beth mm-hmm. um this was adapted into a tv episode um was it i thought they just did the haunted mask too no, no, that was that was what they did with uh, Slappy. I thought. No, they did they did an episode of this because there's a bunch of differences where she like she she steals she explicitly steals the mask from the shopkeeper. Okay. Sure. Um, and there's a little bit more about the shopkeeper as a character. Sure. Um, and the actress Catherine Long who went on to receive a Gemini nomination uh, for her performance in a children's youth program for this episode, uh, apparently bit into a real worm. Took 12 takes to get that one. Wow. Wanted to eat a real worm in that sandwich. Uh, (laughs) And overall, this, this story will be familiar as a trope to anybody who's seen... You know, any story or, or like movie or episode of television where like the costumes like take you over or has heard that adage about how if you wear a mask for too long, you can't tell which face is oh, your yeah. real face and which face is the mask. Yes, true. Um, Classic yeah. adage. Yes. One of the greats. Um, this is the first book we've read, Andrew, that is about Halloween for the for, from Goosebumps. Yeah, I got to. <laughs> 
there's a running thing in um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer about how all the real monsters think that Halloween is like a, a boring, stupid human <laughs> holiday, and they all stay. It's like it's like how I don't go out anywhere on St. Patrick's Day because it's just like the worst people are going to be out. <laughs> yes, act actively. You can have a St. beer Patrick's on a day. regular day. You don't need to go yeah, out and, on St. Patrick's Day. And so I do wonder if R. If L. Stein is like, well, this day is this is this is a this is a day for tourists. I am I am here to scare kids year yeah. round. Sure, and I, I don't want anything to do with this spooky holiday. Yeah, I, it, I mean, it does set up the whole thing about why you should be wearing a mask. So <laughs> it's pretty necessary. Yeah, the, I, yeah, I found it novel. Like I just found it like yeah, it's a novel. Just got to take my mask off here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I just going th- going mask off, huh? <laughs> series about spooky stuff. I found it interesting that it took this many books, even in our little mini series, to get to one that was like a, in 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 a setting where kids are expecting to get spooked and like mm-hmm. trying to spook each other. Mm-hmm. Um, which is different from some of the stuff we've covered, but yeah, yeah, like being the scaring and being scared is the motivation here. It's yeah. not just like I found, I found a weird camera or dummy or something in the trash yep. in an empty lot next to my house, and now it's ruining my life. That like that's been a theme of Goosebumps books that we've read so far. Yeah, I found some haunted trash, and now I'm screwed. Um, all right, Andrew, tell me. About our main character, Carly Beth. What's her deal? Carly Beth Caldwell is 11, and she wishes her nose was longer, Uh and she is a scaredy cat, and she's just constantly scared of everything. Yeah, she's gullible. Yeah. I think we all, you know, we everybody knows someone who's like a little easy to scare, a little gullible, Mm -hmm. you know, just believes whatever they're told, and... So that is true of Carly Beth. What is also true is that everyone in Carly Beth's world, except for her mom. Yeah. And maybe a little bit her best friend, Sabrina, is like actively a horrible, horrible person. Yeah. And is like constantly just making her life miserable, even though they're supposed to be her friends and teachers and peers. And yeah, it it, it goes beyond normal picking on i think i don't yes because everybody everybody in this entire community just knows that this kid scares easily and takes takes perverse pleasure in scaring her and watching her be scared well because like even her like her quote-unquote close friends chuck and steve chuck and steve which first it's chuck and eve not chuck and steve i just and this is just this is just the way i feel about it Uh uh-huh thank you for speaking your (laughs) truth you're welcome. <laughs> but they are like, you're right. It, there's a version of this book where like Carly Beth is just perceiving that the world is out to get her. But no, R.L. Stein is treating it as fact that everyone, everyone is out to get her every day. Yeah. All the time. Yes. So, that, I mean, the book opens with a scene in the cafeteria where her and her best friend Sabrina are sitting and eating lunch and they're just like jamming weird food into their mouth. And then... Chuck and Steve scare her like she gets scared by a lunch tray that, that drops on the floor. It's a, it's a whole bunch of little minor spooks. And then the ultimate indignity is when because she can't eat the rubbery macaroni, 
Uh, she's offered a turkey sandwich that is being rejected because it's too dry. Mm. Um, and she bites into it and it's like, oh, this tastes sour and weird. Oh, it's a worm. And then Chuck or Steve, they're mostly interchangeable. Chuck or Steve is like, oh, it's not a real worm. Touch it. And then Carly Beth does touch it. And it is a real worm. <laughs> That's so so it's just like layers and layers of being awful. And then later they're at like a science fair and Chuck or Steve is like my tarantula got out. And then does a thing with his hand where he pretends his hand is a tarantula and just like scares her to death in front of the whole school, including teachers. And Carly Beth, uh, this is she raised her head and saw the kids all over the stage were laughing. Mrs. Armbruster and Mr. Smythe were laughing too. And these are the judges of the science fair. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. And, the, and her teachers are, and it's this is bullying. Like mm-hmm. and it's, she describes Chuck and Steve as her friends, but this is straight up bullying. And these teachers are just like laughing yep. at the bullying instead of intervening. And it's very bad. It's bad. It's a bad scene. I felt I didn't like it. No. And she like there's nothing. She is doing nothing to bring this upon herself. She is just except for like the act of being a jumpy, gullible, scary, easily yeah. scared person. Yeah. But like it's not like she is even antagonizing them in the littlest bit or it's not like a sort of one upping. I mean, that that becomes the motivation yeah. for the rest of the book, but the status quo is not that it is a mutual thing that a bunch of friends are enjoying together. It's just everybody scaring Carly Carly Beth and even Sabrina thinking it's a little funny. And yeah, so- it's a bummer. Sabrina's a bit of a bummer because she you're right. She doesn't ever like actually add to it. She thinks she, I think she just thinks like, what if I'm just nice to her? It'll balance out like karmic. Well, she she does, but she does sit by passively. She doesn't try to stop it. Yep. She does think it's funny when it happens. And then when she's talking on the phone with Carly Beth about Chuck or Steve, she's like, oh, I think he felt bad. And like, yeah, he should feel bad. It's not your job to like launder his garbage. Also, don't care Sabrina. how he feels. Yeah. What's he doing? Yeah, like throw him in juvie and throw away the key. <laughs> oh That's what I God. think. <laughs> so he's while, a bully. With the those two things are are the Carly Beth is being bullied track. The other track is the home track, where her mom loves her to pieces. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely loves her her daughter. Mrs. Caldwell. Mrs. Caldwell. Mrs. Caldwell goes to art class. Yeah. And she makes like a plaster of Paris uh, sculpture of, yeah, like a- of her daughter's head. <laughs> Which is a weird move. And Carly Beth is like, Mom, that's a little weird. And her mom looks kind of sad. And she's like... Oh, I get it. No, it's it's wonderful. And her mom's like, "It's it's I made it because I love you." Yeah. It's an act of love. This mm-hmm. he, this head of you. This head that I made you. When do you want to do parent ratings? Do you want to do it at the end or do you want to do it now? We could I'm ready to do it right now. Cuz we don't get a lot of like we get bits of of Mrs. Caldwell. Mr. Caldwell exists, but he is mentioned once. He's in Chicago. Yep. And that is it. He's he, another Goosebumps business travel dad. <laughs> and I will say in... Okay, I don't. you don't have to hand it to him. But I will say the way that the book is structured, it's actually a pretty tight... Compared to some of the other books we've read, it's a pretty tight timeline. 
Like there's not like it's like two nights. It's like yeah. Um, so the odds that he would just miss the action of the book by being out of town for one week is like way more believable than all the nonsense that happens in like Living Dummy. I mean, one week that happens to include a major kid holiday. Well, that he could be at home creating memories with his kid. Okay, on. fair enough. And instead, he's out in Chicago getting drunk and feeling up someone's secretary. Wait, like, we don't know that. We don't know that, but I think we can infer. <laughs> okay, because he's a '90s business travel dad. Oh no, mm-hmm. um, but he exists to uh, call his wife. <laughs> He exists in the purpose of the novel. I laugh because this happens two times in like three chapters. <laughs> he ca- is some, something Carly Beth is about to do or not do something or get caught or something. And the phone rings and the adult who is about to give her grief. Yep. Has to, just has to, to go get the phone. Has to drop everything and get that phone. Got it. And the phone and because it's the 90s, the phone is in the other room. Yeah, it's in the other room. We can't continue this conversation right now. Where was your Where was your phone? Oh, in, in my your, house, in the house you grew up. In. So it's interesting. We had um, we had a kitchen phone, mm-hmm. and we called. It was called the kitchen phone, but it was on a wall. It was like in a kind of a, a half wall, uh, shared between the living room and the kitchen. It had a very long cord. Mm-hmm. You could take it all sorts of places. Mm-hmm. By the time I was in middle or high school, it became a cordless phone. Yeah, you gotta get that cordless phone. And then there were there were other phones around the house, um, but that was the main phone. That was the main phone. Yeah, the yeah. main our main phone was sort of in the living room. Area. Sure. Where it was up until like three years ago, where I finally <laughs> convinced them to cancel the phone part of their I think cable phone internet bundle that they were paying way too yeah, much money for. I think my mom finally got rid of the landline a few yeah. years ago. Which but- is too bad because it's one of the three phone numbers that I have memorized, which mm-hmm. is my parents' old home phone number, my phone number, and Suzanne's phone number. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, mm-hmm. I only know Laura's phone number... Because I use it at the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, when I punch it in, I don't. No, there there are numbers that be, like because I do our taxes and because I fill out a lot of forms for us. Like I know mm. her phone number and I know, I think I know her social at this point. Uh oh. <laughs> but uh, so I could <laughs> steal her identity, I guess if I wanted. But um, but okay, okay. So what grades do you want to give? I'm not okay, prepared so Ms- to grade him. Mr. Caldwell gets an incomplete because okay. he he like exists, but we know nothing about him other yep. than that he goes to Chicago on major family holidays and gets drunk at a party and feels up secretaries. We don't know um, that, but we we can guess. Uh, Mrs. Caldwell. Okay, so I give her. I was going to give her an A minus, and the, so let's talk about the A, and then we'll talk about the minus. Sure. The A <laughs> is because. <laughs> Uh, okay the a is because she is a a loving and energetic and dynamic mother yeah who creates a thing that solves the the scary part we haven't even talked about the fact that she made her daughter an entire duck costume for halloween she bought it she bought it oh she bought it she bought it, but they they were at the mall or something, and Carly Beth saw it and was like, "Oh, that'd be funny." Oh, you're right. And okay. so, and because Mrs. Caldwell is an A minus kind of mom, she listened to that and and decided to buy the duck costume. And it's not her fault 
that that was apparently long enough ago that Carly Beth is like, I would never, I would rather die than be a duck for Halloween. <laughs> it's not her fault. It's not, it's not a kind of doofy parent thing where yeah. when your kid was three, they liked penguins. And so when they're like 12, you're trying to get them a penguin costume for Halloween. It's, it's like not, th- this, this preference was yeah. expressed recently. You were paying attention and you thought you were doing a nice thing. Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, she is, she is an involved mom. She loves Carly Beth enough to make a creepy plaster of Paris head of her. Yep. She listens enough that she bought I... costume. And I don't think... I don't remember any point where she is the the thing that, that fells so many goosebumps parents is when the kids bring the horror of the book to them and they are like, what are you talking about? That never happens in this book. It doesn't happen in this book. And so, then, so, I mean, you could argue that she's getting a good grade because she is not, she doesn't have to face the, the Kobayashi yep. Maru of Goosebumps parenting. <laughs> can I test. also, can I also add, <laughs> I like just a, a thing about Carly Beth's mom that I like. She goes off to art class. She has, mm-hmm. she models like her having her own pursuits yeah. and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. take a hobby, take an interest, spend your leisure time on it. Um, and that's a, a lesson that she can pass on to her kids. I like that. Mm-hmm. But what? Mm-hmm. Okay, you want to talk about the minus? What's your I minus? Mean, the minus was, I I got a vibe in the scene where she shows Carly the plaster of Paris head, and Carly is like, "This is a little weird, mom." And her mom says something to the effect of, uh, "What she says, uh, Carly Beth, you have the strangest reactions to things. I worked really hard on this sculpture. I thought." dash and then she's interrupted by carly beth insisting that she does like it but it did suggest just like a hint of i don't even know if like self-involved is the word i want to use but a sort of well you know what i'm talking about it goes it actually it goes hand in hand with what i just complimented her for which is just Mm -hmm. the the tension of sharing yourself with your kid you know, you know, like here's who I am. Here's what here's what I like. And but when then your but then your kid is a little bit like honest and blunt with you in the way that kids sometimes are. And your reaction is to start to lash out at your child for quote having I the w- strangest reactions to. Things. Well, the the phrase "strangest reactions to things" is odd. I, if it were if it were as simple as, um, oh I, well, I was thinking of you and I made it. Like she's clearly hurt. And so I don't mm-hmm. want to ding her for that. No, 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 no. And that's, the, and that's why, and that's why she still got the A instead of a B in my book. Yeah, and I do just think like the um, something that the book doesn't give us any access to. I I would not ding her for it explicitly, but this is why I feel pretty good about your A minus proposal. Is because <laughs> uh, uh, my notes just say somewhere in the A range. So if like there were another parent in the book that I could grade on the like if there were a curve I could if use. There were a curve. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think like we don't really get much evidence of uh, Mrs. Caldwell being in tune with kind of what Carly Beth is going through. Mm-hmm. Like the I one of the reasons I really like this book is we get a lot of like 
access to Carly Beth as a character and as a person. It's mm-hmm. the, probably the most I, that of the books that we've read that I can really think about. Other than yeah, maybe, she's not she's not like a cipher in baggy pants. No, the way that most Goosebumps kids she have really, been so far. She really has some kind of internal awareness and and is kind of working through some stuff. Um, well, she has she has stronger character traits yeah like like distinctive character traits that drive the action of the book yes and and i feel which is and and again some of the other ones are just like i found this i found this evil trash and now this is my whole deal <laughs> like well and and the um it what was it like monster blood the the kid's character trait is that he's with a scary relative like he doesn't yes you know mm-hmm. th- mm-hmm. this is interesting because it's like here's a here's a a whole scenario that comes about because of how a kid responds to how she's treated. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just we don't get evidence that Mrs. Caldwell is particularly tuned into it, despite her being very effusive with her like overt love. Right? Yeah, th- though, I th- though I think that is par for the course yeah. for like this, this like tween and early teen oh, totally, period. Totally, totally. It's like you, you know a lot of stuff about your kid. You feel close to your kid you feel a sense of like propriety about your kid but they are starting to have their own yeah life that you don't know anything about I and, bet. and they don't and they don't and they kind of don't want you to know anything about i bet at art class she's having this conversation mm-hmm. with someone making a plaster of paris of like their their husband and she's like well i'm making one of my kid <laughs> Because my husband, my husband is in Chicago. He's been there for so long that I don't remember what he looks like anymore. So I can't make his plaster of Paris head. <laughs> okay. So we've done like the first part of the book here because the the worm sandwich, then we meet the mom. Oh, we've uh we've we haven't talked about her little brother Noah, who's just a little who's jerko. just another like low level antagonist. Yes. Another um, little mini boss in, in he, Carly Beth's world. He scares her once or twice. It sucks. Um, her thought is that she's going to go to the the new... Is it new? She's going to go to the party store. She's going to go to the hot new Spirit Halloween store and, and get the scariest mask she can find. And she's going to get back at Chuck and Steve. And did she... She saw masks in the window? Is she saw right? masks in the window, yeah. And it's like... She knows she wants something scary, and she's seen masks there, so she just kind of goes for it. And she and just, she takes, like, what, she has, like, 30 bucks. She has $30, which is her whole life savings, which to a kid in the 90s was a lot. It is a lot. And which is less now <laughs> in, in 2022. In terms of buying because power, Because yeah. of, like, Joe Biden, I can barely afford my crudités over here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, what thirty bucks now is probably like a hundred dollars, but it's only worth eighty dollars. How well, how does math work? <laughs> Just gonna look at uh, money value of nineteen ninety three dollars today. Look up thirty bucks in twenty twenty two. Uh, sixty. It's sixty dollars now, which is that's a pretty good Halloween mask. Sixty bucks. Do do PlayStation games cost seventy bucks now? Mm, I don't. Mm. I don't remember, but like sixty. I only, bucks. I only buy I only buy stuff that's on sale or Nintendo <laughs> Switch games. So, okay, so that's a new Nintendo game for sixty bucks. 
or a spooky mask. I mean, at the, at the time though, Nintendo games were also like sixty or seventy bucks. Like that. Oh, is, you're right. You're right. They were still they were super expensive. That's but right. Anyway, thirty dollars. It's a lot of money, especially yep. a lot of money to a kid. She goes to this mask store after the injustice with the worm sandwich, the injustice at the science fair. Yep. Panic, panic at the science fair. Um, and she goes to the mask store and she meets a, a grown adult man in a cape, which is your first, <laughs> your first red flag. Yeah. There's a which, lot again, of another, another opportunity where Bob could do more to establish like a Dr. Vink. Yeah. Or Sardo, no Mr. Accent on the dough kind of recurring. <laughs> Yeah. Store weirdo character. And, and, <laughs> and he I, doesn't. I don't know. I, I would like to do maybe some more research into how involved uh, Bob was in the TV show or not. But like if he was if he was like Mr. Hitchcock, like he'd be playing this character in the show. Like that's mm-hmm, what that's mm-hmm. the kind of world I want to live in. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. He'd have to have committed to a more. And I, I think that was the energy that the episode adaptation maybe gave to this character that like we, we've encountered these kind of shopkeepers before, but he was a guy who you could, you could maybe see somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she does like, there's a little bit where she has to like, she's knocking on the door. It's closed. She's got to do it on her way to meet Sabrina for Halloween trick or treating. Um, and he doesn't want to sell her a mask. He doesn't want to. Well, so he does want to sell her a mask, but he doesn't want to sell her the mask that she wants. She walks through the store for a while. She looks at all these masks like, oh, here's like a here is, quote, a Star Trek character. Yeah, here is I think I believe it is strongly implied to be a Spock. There's a here's a gorilla. Here's like a weird pig face. Here's a like a ski mask. Like none of it is quite right. It's all a little too conventional, a little too norm core for Carly. Carly. And I appreciate that she doesn't have another (laughs) another part of her costume. She's just like, I'm going to be a kid in a creepy mask. I'm going to put on a creepy mask and I'm and that's going to be my whole thing. Yep. Uh, But she. Because as she's walking around, the phone rings, of course. Yeah. And Mr. Cape goes to answer it, inexorably drawn to its siren call. (laughs) And so she goes back into the special, like, adults-only portion of the mask store and Uh finds all these very realistic, creepy-looking masks that are right up her alley. Yeah, and it's, like, made of skin. Like, it looks... It feels warm. It's Yeah, it doesn't... It's not just a latex mask. It's wor- it's worse. And she doesn't really think about like nope. What would the materials have to be like? What 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 are the mechanics of why these masks feel and look the way they do? It's just like, "Oh, this is this is what I wanted. This is right." And this she, is going to this is going to spook some people. And she has to really kind of bully him into letting her take it, which bit <laughs> Given the story that he tells us later about this, their these these masks whole deal is like one. You should not have them out, even if they're in the back room. You should not have them in your store, just like behind a bead curtain in your store where people can wander in. And then, like, oh, you're not gonna you're not gonna give them to anybody unless they d- bug you like three times when you really want to go home. Unbelievable! After closing, time. This he's ma- not. Ugh. This man should be detained for what he should he's be detained. 
what he allowed. He should lose his shopkeeper license yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but she buys the mask for a cool thirty dollars. Yeah, she takes it home and scares the crap out of her brother. Yeah, and it it makes her voice different. It makes her voice very deep, which is what the joke that Craig was making half an hour yep. ago is about. Yep, um, um, it moves with her mouth. Doesn't look like a mask. It looks like her face. Yeah. And it smells gross in there. And then after she scares Noah, she takes it off. But she has a hard time taking it off. Yeah. don't like that. Do not like. Mm-hmm. I've I remember never, that part really clearly, too. I've never been a big mask wearing person, partially because I wear glasses and I've never worn contacts. So it's actually pretty hard to like. I mean, glasses are kind of a mask if you think about it. Uh no, actually they're part of my face and it's it's why I have a hard time getting new glasses because I see myself in new glasses and it's like I'm wearing a different face and I hate it. <laughs> I actually really get very stressed out picking new glasses. But sure, sure. I guess I mm, I don't wear glasses so I I would mm. I, I think it's in, I don't have the option to change my face is what I'm saying. Mm. And so I see it as an opportunity where, where you are seeing it as a a weird way to accidentally make yourself unfamiliar to yourself. Yep. And some people <laughs> some people who wear glasses like switch switch glasses based on their mood and like more power to you. I've just never been that type of person. So the the idea that I could put on a mask because it is not a thing I've done very often ever and then have difficulty taking it off is mm-hmm. literally upsetting to my body. I don't like the notion of it. Yeah, you know, like four or five years ago where I was BoJack Horseman for Halloween with that horrible oh, Amazon God. rubber horse mask. You had a time with that. Yeah, it's quite a It was worth it. It was worth it. I think the costume turned out good, but the mask was a lot. <laughs> Did you and feel... I couldn't even, I couldn't even imagine if the mask like started to mold itself to my face. Did you ever have that moment, Andrew, where like you could kind of act a little different because you had the mask on? Because that's really what this book is about, in some ways. I I mean, with the horse mask, not specifically. I did in early COVID times when you're wearing a mask at the grocery store, and some idiot is trying Whoa. to hit on a clearly uninterested oh checkout person just, and yes. you can just like mouth oh this guy to yourself behind your mask like that was <laughs> that was very freeing to me i thought you were you know what i mean like, i thought you'd be like and i punched him and no one knows who i was no 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 no, no. it's not a batman thing it's just like a you know you see people out in public and you're like well this is it's not worth mm it's not necessarily worth me getting involved in this person's life, but I do, it is, I, I do want to be able to just acknowledge to myself what oh, a bad sure. person okay. this other person seems to be. Okay. So if you were like a, if you were in a mascot costume, you would mostly use that power to like observe people and have, and judge them without them catching you. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. A little bit. Sure. A little bit. A little bit. Um, I've never, if, I mean, if I'm in a full body mascot costume and I'm not like at a party at my personal house where everybody knows who I am, <laughs> like maybe, maybe that would be a little more anonymizing and sure. I would have, I would have more fun becoming another person, but yeah, cause that's what, okay. So that's what happens in this book sort of is that like, so she's got the mask on, 
She goes and meets Sabrina. She's talking with her weird voice. And uh, I don't really remember. She wants to find Chuck and Steve and scare the crap out of them. She's carrying the plaster of Paris head of herself on a stick. On a stick. She's decided that part of her costume is, I'm a monster. I killed Carly Beth. This is Carly (laughs) Beth's head. And I'm a monster. The the plot that she came up with. Uh Uh-huh. But so... She's just kind of acting a little weird. I don't remember how her and Sabrina get separated, but she does wind up like scaring some kids, like she stealing goes a little, their she candy. She goes a little aggro, and she yeah. never, she never fully like Jekyll and Hyde, like loses herself in the character of this of this mask. But she does find herself acting strange and like recognizing that she's acting strange. It is the the trigger that I remember from one or two of the scenes is like. When she starts scaring one of the kids and the mom of one of the kids, because she thinks they're Chuck and Steve at first and they're not, um, like starts yelling at her. She gets mad and, yeah. and starts like yelling back and being, yeah, you're right. Aggro is a good word for it. But like mm-hmm. the way it's described is that there's this like anger welling up in her, which is a very direct opposite to very easy <sighs> to scare, very yes. sheepish Carly Beth. Right. Um, and she like throws. I think does she throw rocks at somebody's house at one point? She does something like she that. gets. She gets up to a couple of like you know puckish, you know yeah light evil <laughs> light. <laughs> sure, it's not like trying to summon an evil spirit or anything, but she no. does get into some you know small work a day evil things. And then tell me what happens when she finds Chuck and Steve. Andrew. I mean, she scares them. She scares them good. She scares them real good. Scares them real, real good. And, but, but then like the, the plaster of Paris, Carly Beth face, like, is like, help me. It, it's mouth moves and says, help me. And she mm-hmm. was not involved in that part. Mm-hmm. And everyone gets very scared. Yes. Even, even Carly Beth, perhaps especially Carly Beth. Ah. Uh, and then she reunites with Sabrina and that's when she discovers that she can't take the mask off. She can't take the mask off. And she's like, well, I got to go back to the spirit Halloween store and ask this guy about why this mask is so weird. The part, just the part where the book describes that it is, it is just joined with her neck. Like that part sucks. Like that Mm -hmm. part is just awful to think about. I don't, Mm -hmm. mm, don't like it. Yeah, no, it's not great. So tell me the backstory of the masks. Because <laughs> this part was so, like, I got a little lost in this section. Like, Cape Cape guy. Ma- he's he a created, scientist? Yeah, I don't. So he's. He created these masks, right? And I don't remember, yeah. like, what did, he, did, what did he create them from? Was it, was it anything? Or I did think he just, he like, just make like these masks? made them in a lab or something. He, he made these masks in a lab, and they were beautiful, and they were great, but then they turned ugly and evil over time for some reason. Yeah, and now they are, uh, they are hideous, and they he calls them the unloved ones. The unloved ones, yes. This sort of like the it's like the fears that when we cr- when we create synthetic meat in a lab, I think mm-hmm. what if it became alive? The store owner walked over to the display shelf and ge- gestured to the ugly staring heads. The unloved, he said sadly, his voice lowered to a whisper. 
I don't understand, Carly Beth managed to choke out. These are not masks. They're faces, he explained. Real faces. I made them. I created them in my lab. Real faces. <laughs> but but they're so ugly, Carly Beth started. Why? They weren't ugly in the beginning, he interrupted, his voice bitter, his eyes angry. They were beautiful and they were alive. But something went wrong. When they were taken out of the lab, they changed. My experiments, my poor heads were a failure. But I had to keep them alive. I had to. Okay. Uh, I keep them here. I call them the unloved because no one will ever want to see them. Occasionally someone wanders into the back room. You, for example, and one of my faces finds a new home. Oh. And then all the masks start like d- trying to talk to her and like moving of their own accord. Yes. And he does tell her that the mask can be removed by a quote symbol of love mm-hmm. um, because of the whole unloved thing. Um, but. If anyone puts the mask on again, it will be stuck on them forever, which just feels made up. Like how I'm sure he's a scientist. It's like through trial and error. He like it's a theory that he's tested in the lab Mm -hmm. or something. But it Mm -hmm. does like what rules he made the mask. (laughs) Like where he made them in the lab. (laughs) My faces. Real faces. Um, so yeah, she's Why like, don't you just make face? If you can make something alive, why did you make a whole Why would you just make the face? I guess you just cuz I made the face I is made the, them in my lap. The face is the window to the soul, I guess. No, and the so eyes like, well, are, the eyes are the window to the soul. Well, but the eyes guess what the eyes are in? They're in the face, idiot. Okay. okay. <laughs> so he figured he would make the faces first and then he would get to fill in the rest later yeah it would just sort of make bodies later okay after the faces were done sure Mm -hmm. so she's upset she starts screaming and it wakes up all the other masks and they chase her down the street Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh and what she realizes she's not sure i think what does she think like what could my symbol of love be yeah, did we talk about how you need a symbol of love to take the yeah. mask off? Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, she's like, well, what's, what could a symbol of love be? Oh, the only thing I could think about because it's happened within the boundaries of this book. Yep. And because all of my friends kind of low-key hate me and are always pranking yep. me all the time, this head, this plaster of Paris head of me, Yep. that's a symbol of love. Yep. And it, it makes the masks go away. And it makes her mask like come off. It makes it come off, and and she, it looks and it looks kind of dead now. It looks like a rubber mask after yeah. she pulls it off. Well, so I mean, she she there's a whole thing where she has to find her head because she dropped it yeah. after she scared Chuck and Steve. So she has to go back and find it, and it's not where she thought it was. But because it's an R.L. Stein chapter break, you know, immediately in the next chapter, she's like, oh, it's like two feet yep. over there. <laughs> And then she pulls it over her over her mask head for some reason. Yes, she puts it on, which is uh, dizzying to think about, on top of the spooky mask. And then when she removes that mold, the Mm -hmm. haunted mask comes with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then she goes home, bringing the haunted mask with her. Yeah, I mean it's been vanquished, but okay, still a real face. And she real faces. <laughs> I made it in my lab, and she walks <laughs> into her, the door in the front door, 
sees her mom, drops mm-hmm. the haunted mask, mm-hmm. hugs her mom. Mm-hmm. We don't get the scene where she explains what happened. No, because as far as Mrs. Caldwell is concerned, she went out. I mean, she's been out a little late, but she went out and she had Halloween. Yeah. And she didn't wear the the duck costume, but there's like nothing that she did in front of I, Mrs. Caldwell that she has to explain away. No, no. I seem to recall the like an impulse from Carly Beth to like tell her mom, like, here's, here's what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um but she doesn't get to do that. No. Because Noah has put on the mask. <gasps> and the story's over. Did we also talk about how apparently you only get one, like you can only take the mask off once? Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. That's the rule. Even though I guess she did take it off the the one time before, but I guess because it had only been on... For like for a little while, minutes. and it hadn't yeah. had time to fully me- melt into her skin yet. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that that guy actually knows what the rules of these masks are. He <laughs> created them it's... in his lab, Craig. Real faces. He loved them, the unloved ones. They weren't ugly in the beginning. It's true. They were beautiful, and they, they were alive. <laughs> <laughs> My poor heads. I really enjoyed this book. I thought, oh yeah, it's a good one. This I think, a good one. like a lot of the the books, um, the nature of the supernatural horror is a little underbaked. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it is almost it is both underbaked and overbaked. Like the explanation is insufficient, so there shouldn't have been one. It's it's. I think the the dead house explanation is worse than this one yeah. in that vein because <laughs> yeah. that one was just like oh there was some like yellow gas from the plastic factory and it killed everybody uh-huh uh-huh and and this one I mean there was at least a mad scientist who's still going around wearing a cape <laughs> I like that. who made faces real faces in his lab beautiful faces yeah that's weird my experiments, my poor heads were a failure. What was, what were you experimenting? What were they on supposed or, or to be, like, bud? <laughs> yeah, look at this. I made these beautiful heads. I watched too many episodes of Futurama, and that got me really into making talking head technology I'm, happen. I'm thinking, like, if this guy had an Instagram and he was like a head influencer. Mm hmm. At, at headmaster yeah underscore 420 yeah, yeah. uh-huh mm-hmm. and then he'd he'd have to post a story a few months in and be like oh no my creations he just he'd stop posting or he'd like post all these old pictures and people would be like Where, where's the head well then he'd have to delete like everything in his account and he'd have to make a confession like an apology video for mm-hmm. all the hey horrible- yeah i'm really sorry about my the pink sauce and the heads and everything <laughs> Why did the head guy post a notes app photo? Um, I feel like by mentioning both Pink Sauce and the Dr. Oscar Day <laughs> video that I might be dating this episode too aggressively. Yeah, you have. Yeah, that's okay. But people, I mean, Google still works. People will figure it out. People can People can figure it out. Um, this was a fun one. Like, I really liked Carly Beth as a protagonist. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was moved by her plight Mm -hmm. both viscerally with the mask on her face and the like 
and oh. because I hated every single old person that she knew other than her mom. And and I understood that her response was, well, I'm going to get him back and I'm going to like, you know, make these kind of crappy decisions about what how I'm going to do it. Well, that, was, that was the kind of the conventional kid wisdom at the time. Yeah. It's like if you want to make a bullies stop bullying you, then you, you bully him back up to him. Yep. Mm hmm. Um, and it and it like it isolates her from Sabrina and it, it like you know she's cut off from everybody else and like is she ever going to be herself again? I think most of the Goosebumps books we've read up to one one other thing that distinguishes this one, even though I do feel like Chris was sort of alone, yeah, yeah. in Night of the Living Dummy because her sister was a sociopath, <laughs> is. Most Goosebumps books have a secondary kid character who's yep. like also in on it, and maybe they're not as in on it as the main character, but there there is like a yep. sidekick person. Like you're not you're not making this up. This is the real thing. Yeah. Where Haunted Mask, a lot of it is just like Carly Beth realizing that something's happening to her, and then like having to deal with it on her own and not doing the like the Scooby Gang like crime solving with her friend or sibling yeah and like this because is the, sabrina and noah are both almost as horrible to her as everybody else this is the only one where the kid has sort of been the monster yeah like mm-hmm. I, I guess the the closest you could get to is like a little bit of how they wind up using the camera in the the cheese and dies but even say that, cheese and die yeah mm-hmm. you know it's not quite the same um yeah. So that's that's kind of neat about this one too compared to also the no there are every bully kid in every Goosebumps book usually is Mo from Calvin and Hobbes like the the yeah, bully yep, who yep. is just just like gets off on being evil and just wants to pound everybody. This book doesn't have villains in that sense though. Nope. Chuck and Steve would fulfill literally the same story function if they were like you just take every instance of friend in reference to Chuck or Steve and replace it with sworn mortal enemy since birth yeah and the story would be exactly the same yep. like because these people are horrible to her. I can't get over how bad Chuck and Steve are <laughs> yeah and and I'm trying to think I about- want to throw them in a plant basement and watch them <laughs> struggle because I'm- they this is what they've earned like they deserve this I'm trying to think even about like what the book could do to to deliver a bit more on the fact that they are all ostensibly friends and i i it is my understanding that some of that gets take like is played up in the sequel that like because steve gets involved and you get a little more interiority for yeah, old steve yeah, yeah, okay yeah, yeah. sure um but let's take a quick look at the haunted mask, Andrew. Mm-hmm. According to the fright gallery in the back of the book, its first appearance was the haunted mask. Other appearance, haunted mask two. Um, <laughs> origins: a mad scientist locked himself in his laboratory for years to perfect for his years? new creations. We didn't get that in the main book. Uh, masks of real faces, um, but when they left the lab, they turned into the hideous faces called the unloved. Yada yada yada. Uh, it, special powers, it attaches itself tightly on anybody who wears it. Um, weaknesses, it can be removed by a symbol of love. Living or dead, it's living. Um, favorite phrase, the haunted mask makes people say things they would never think to say. Uh, hobbies and hobbies and interests. <laughs> this is this rule. Hobbies and interests, direct quote, wrapping its head around new concepts. 
and new victims. Hit me with these flat stats. It's okay. not. I feel like its speed should be faster. They do chase Carly Beth down down the street. Yeah, yeah. So the strength is what is that? An eight? It's an eight out of ten. That makes sense to me. She does kind of behave a bit like she's a little bit stronger and, and scarier. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in, very, not very intelligent. Six. I mean, th- there's some. You know, there's definitely some great inflation going on with these flat stats. You can't have any. I've noticed. Yeah. yeah. The, all the challenge ratings are a little high on these creatures. Uh, mm-hmm. Speed five. I'm I'm with you. The the other masks maybe have a higher speed rating because they fly down the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, attack skill six. Sure, whatever. It doesn't I, I like think, do a lot of direct attacking. No, and it I, doesn't. Aside from making Carly Beth scary, it doesn't, as far as I can tell, imbue any sort of like strength buff or anything no. like that. And mm-hmm. and I'm confused by this seven on humor, Andrew. Humor is a we- humor is the weirdest of the splat stats. Here's a here's a theory. Humor has to be a splat stat because of Slappy. Mm-hmm. Slappy made the splat stats so that he could have a ten in humor. <laughs> it also, I mean, the, you and. I think we've run into this a little bit with some of our parent ratings where I want to give out an A minus kind of reflexively. I mean, I think we justified it pretty well, yep. but it, it, reflexively I want to do it because like, what if something better comes along? Yeah. This mask has a nine out of 10 in evil, but it's like a, it's an evil mask that takes over your face and makes you a different person. Like what, what is the difference between a nine and a 10? Like how would it be different? Like it would just be faster at doing what it already does, <laughs> the mask? I think if it were a 10. Or if it had a body, it would be a 10. Oh, dip. <laughs> yeah, if it had no, a body, haunted, it would... If it, the haunted suit. The, the haunted fursuit. <laughs> oh, no. If it had a 10, if it was a 10, it would, yeah, it would be a suit. Or like this would be... Okay, something about... There's nothing in this novel about this mask being in charge of the other masks. Mm-hmm. Or it's not a leader of masks. No, it's just the, this is the one she picked. And it doesn't have a, o- an overall plan. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just, it's, just a, it's just a real face. Yeah. <laughs> Grown in a lab. Um, <laughs> so I think the, the 10 would maybe come from making her like even like more violent quicker or having some sort of overarching evil plan to make everyone an evil mask or something. Mm -hmm. Um, I did like that the next part of the book had a bunch of tips for trick or treaters that are all very sweet actually. Yeah. They're actually pretty good. It's, it's hard to know sometimes whether these behind the screams (laughs) features in these goosebumps re-releases are trying to be funny or earnest. And usually it's trying to be funny, but these are actually, these are mostly pretty good. Yeah, they're fun. Um, This was a great read. I had a great time with this book. Uh, Yeah, it was a fun book. What are we doing next time? Let me. That's an amazing question. Are we doing Night in Terror Tower yet? I think Night in Terror Night in Terror Tower is next. I'm gonna pull up the list real quick. I remember. I remember that one slapping very hard. I can't wait to. I know nothing about this book. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. Yeah. yeah wow funny i got i got what you did there thank you um if you have ever gotten stuck inside of a halloween mask send us or an email if you've about ever it. made an evil face in a laugh <laughs> send us an email about it 
at overduepod at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter, overduepod. You know the deal. Um, Andrew, this is the real one for everyone it's else. So tell one. us about how to find out more about the show. Much like you and me, it's a real one. Uh, OverduePodcast.com is our internet website. Up there we have list, the list of the books that we have read and are going to read. You click those links. It takes you to bookshop.org. You buy the book there and you get it because you bought it. And then we get a cut of that and bookshop.org gets a part of that. And uh, your local independent bookseller gets a part of that. So you're just supporting a lot of fun local businesses all mm-hmm. up and down the chain. Patreon.com slash OverduePod is a way to... Get your bumps on early. We release these goosebumps, goosebumps episodes <laughs> early to patrons at a specific tier. Go to patreon.com slash overdupod to find out more. You can also join our Discord server, sit in on bonus episode recordings, and all kinds of fun stuff that We've we have actually, fun with and we think other people have fun with. As of this recording... In it pretty far in advance of probably when you're listening to this, we've been talking about horror stories and what people find scary and you know what their tolerance for different types of horror and different media are. It's a fun time. Come hang yeah, out with so us. So like scroll back to like August fifteenth and <laughs> just get in on that talk. Or have another cool conversation. <laughs> Welcome. The door is open. We don't have scary masks in here, we think. We don't think. Just beautiful faces that I made in my lab. What right. could possibly go wrong? Andrew, uh, you know what we say at the end of every episode of Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. My poor faces. <laughs> my poor heads. Whatever it is that they said. <laughs> like scroll back to like August 15th and <laughs> get in on that talk. Or have another cool conversation. <laughs> Welcome. The door is open. We don't have scary masks in here, we think. We don't think. Just beautiful faces that I made in my lab. What right. could possibly go wrong? Andrew, uh, you know what we say at the end of every episode of Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. My poor faces. <laughs> my poor heads. Whatever it is they say. Thank you.